the deep need for us to quickly decide friend or foe is creating a lot of problems. And that goes away. The friend or foe thing dies as soon as you start asking questions. You can't, you can't be so wrong about a person once you start asking questions. What's up, everybody? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and welcome to episode 54 of Be More Well. This week, I'll be catching up with author Kelly Corrigan. She's got a new book geared at children that sends out a really positive message that I love. Now, before we jump in, for those of you that may be listening to the show for the first time, thank you for stopping by. Thanks for taking a chance on us, and I hope that you like what you hear. If you've been listening to Be More Well for a while now, thank you for coming back for more. It is always appreciated. Kelly Corgan is a four-time New York Times bestselling author and the host of PBS's Tell Me More with Kelly Corgan. She's been called the voice of her generation by O, the Oprah magazine, and, and so many other amazing accolades. I find her to just be so interesting, and she's got a great mind. I've listened a lot to her podcasts, and it's always a good conversation. Well, Kelly has now entered into the world of children's books. A couple months ago, she released the book Hello World, and I love this. It's kind of like the oh, the places you'll go for a new generation. I love it. I love the inspirational message behind it. And it was such a pleasure to speak with Kelly about this work and to find out more about why she decided to go down this road. Now, full disclosure, I did speak with her back in April, so there may be a couple things mentioned in here that sound a little bit out of date. I think at one point we talk about upcoming graduations, you know, just giving you a heads up, but the message here is still valid. Now, before we jump into the conversation, please be sure to subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're listening on right now. That way you'll be notified of all future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review. That helps new people to be introduced to the podcast. And feel free to find us on Instagram at Be More Well Podcast. How's the uh, the promo tour going for you? It's good. Do you know that I used to live in Baltimore and both my parents are from Baltimore? I did not know that, actually, Kelly. In the uh, research I did, I did not see that. Yeah, I, I love Baltimore. I went to University of Richmond and then I worked at United Way in Baltimore right on Charles Street for okay. a couple of years. Yeah, I'm not too far from that, actually. I live just on the border of Baltimore City and Towson, so technically in the city, but right there on the uh, right there on the border, not far from Charles Street. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to talk to you, especially now that I know that you're, uh, you, know, you have a history in Baltimore. Um, Kelly, I, I do want to start with something a little off topic, if you don't mind. Um, sure. I was listening to your podcast, Kelly Corrigan Wonders, and in one of your recent shows, you were talking about how you find more truth in fiction. That's where you go to find out more about people's truths. And I thought that was an interesting concept. I was wondering if you might dive into that a little bit more. So I feel like there's a whole, I've written four nonfiction books, four memoirs, starting with The Middle Place, which is about my dad and I both had cancer at the same time. And then most recently, Tell Me More, which is about 11 things I'm learning to say, 11 hard things. And in both cases, in all four cases, when I go on tour, people say, I can't believe you just put your whole life on paper. You just tell everybody everything. That must be so weird. And I think, well, not everything. I don't, I don't tell them everything. Like I don't talk about my sex life. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about like the worst fights that my family and I have gotten in over the years. I don't talk about any strange relationships with family members. Um, you know, there's a whole set of things that are off limits to me because these are real people living real lives. And I don't want to sort of litigate those situations in public, mm-hmm. but in fiction, people talk about all the most raw, difficult things that happen between two people. 
And so if you want to know like really what marriage is like for another couple, you're probably going to have to read fiction and assume that it's true for somebody. And it's really interesting. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, because it's just very unusual for people to be that forthcoming and that detailed about a fight or a source of tension or conflict. I mean, it's just, it's unusual. Yeah, my primary job is uh, as a morning show radio host, and it's interesting because there are things that each of us on the show will not discuss on the air. But you better believe if a topic gets brought up, we're going to have a strong opinion about it, and like, and you can kind of tell where we stand, or maybe a little bit more about our background because of what we may or may not share with that opinion on that particular topic. So it's interesting. Well, you know, it's funny. I always wanted to be a high school English teacher and I went to observe some classes and I couldn't get, the kids were talking about Romeo and Juliet and I couldn't get over how revealing I thought these ninth and 10th graders were being about their values in front of possible suitors. You know, like it was a co-ed classroom and these kids were siding with Romeo over Juliet or Juliet over Romeo. And I thought, oh, you can't even imagine how much you're telling us about how you feel right now, that it's it's all being refracted through your comments on fiction, but it's all clear as day, what's important to you, what moves you, what you want. Well, now I'm nervous to have this conversation, Kelly. I shouldn't have asked you this because now I'm afraid of what I'm going to say and how you're going to judge it. After That's right. I- <laughs> I'm going to read right through you, brother. Well, Kelly, I do have to say I have a new appreciation for picture books or books that are maybe oriented more towards children um, now because I-, I am a dad now. My daughter came into the world a few months ago, and even though she's still very— Thank you. She's still very young, so she has no idea what the hell is going on in any of these books. But it's it's still opening my eyes to this whole new world that I knew existed, but I never really dove into before. So yeah. getting this book, I find out that it's your first book of this kind as well. So what was it like for you to jump into this world as an author? Well, so my kids are 17 and 19, and I, but I still vividly remember reading to them. And so I knew some things. I knew that kids needed a lot of wordplay. I knew they needed um, sounds that were fun to say. And I knew they needed images that were forever giving up new details. So, you know, if you read a book four or five or six times, you need them to be able to point out something new in the illustration each time that, they, that there's a sense of discovery that's ongoing rather than understanding the book top to bottom from the jump. And so that was the great joy of working on this was trying to figure out if I could deliver on those requirements and the requirements for, you know, middle place or tell me more like the books I write for adults are more, um, to be true, to reflect something that's true and to make a little sense out of the ordinary, like get, give some sense of why an ordinary interaction leaves such an impression on us at any given moment. Um, so very different, very, very different work. And the other thing about writing for kids is that you're collaborating. You're collaborating with an illustrator who's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Like, I don't have to tell you much about this girl in Hello World. I don't have to tell you that she rides a scooter or she has a dog because it's right there on the page. And that frees up me to get busy doing other work that only the words can do. 
The illustrator, by the way, is fantastic on this. They deserve a I lot know. of credit. They did a great job. So good. <laughs> I, I do like, you know, it seems sort of subtle when you're reading the book, but it probably wasn't subtle when you were writing it. But there's this subtlety to, you know, we are in a world now where a lot of our youth are very connected and they're sitting behind screens. And here's this book that's really uh, telling people that you should ask the questions. You should interact with those around you to find out more about them. And I love how you point that out because it is kind of becoming a lost art in some aspects. I know. And the 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 thing is that that, that sort of pre online presentation of self is not a very good proxy for real interaction. That you may think that you don't need to ask questions to the people in your circles because it's right there on their Instagram page, but you probably need to ask them more hmm. because there's a whole, just like the fiction, nonfiction conversation we were having, um, Instagram is quote unquote nonfiction. It's like showing people your life, except that it's a fictionalized version of your life because there's so much omission. I mean, omission alone means that the feed is only the good days, only the good hair days. And so it puts more pressure on conversation to deliver on that great human need to connect. And it's not happening that those quote unquote connections and quote unquote friends and quote unquote liking is not the real thing. And God help us if we forget how to do it. Yeah. I always laugh, you know, every once in a while I'll post a picture on social media and it will be one that my wife does not necessarily approve of. And, yeah. uh, and she's like, how can you post that? People can see yada, yada. And I'm like, who cares? Like, this is, this is our life. Right. Like if they're, they're following us, they probably either know us or they're interested in finding out, but so they're not going to have a problem with the fact that our shoes are laying all over the room. Who cares? Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. I mean, my thesis for hello world is just that, um, ask better questions, have a better life. And I love it. And it was really fun to think about like, what are those questions? Like for a little kid, what could you ask? your bus driver, what could you ask the lady who serves your lunch? What could you ask your teacher before or after class that would get you into the kind of conversation that leads to actual connection? Because the truth is that across time and across culture, the number one driver of human happiness is meaningful connection to others. I do and love- the only way to get that is conversation. Sorry, you're- <laughs> <laughs> you you and I are kind of funny. We're, we're like, we're the opposites in a conversation where I am so trained from my job in radio to fill dead air. And you <laughs> are very good at taking pauses to let the, the point like sink in. And it's fantastic. But it's just so funny how opposite we are than trying to yeah. have a conversation like this. I feel I'm just, I want to apologize for jumping on you. I, I do apologize. No worries. No worries. No worries. It's like part of my DNA now. I'm like, wait, dead air, go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kelly, uh, I did read in your, in your bio that, oh, magazine called you the poet laureate of the ordinary. And I thought it was an interesting quote. I'd love to hear your thought on that because for a lot of people, the term ordinary might not be the way they want to be described, but this sounds extremely complimentary of you. And I want to hear how you take this. Oh, I loved that. I loved that line, honestly. I mean, I think that very few people are on the Supreme Court or um, running track in the Olympics. Like 
the quote unquote extraordinary is quite rare. But all of us are leading these sort of day-to-day lives that I think have a lot of meaning and purpose in them. And so I'm always wanting to mine the small moment for meaning. To go back to something you were just talking about, too, uh, in the book, you see the illustrations, and it talks about the different people that this this main character meets. And one of those characters is the bully. But then when you transition into the asking questions, you find out if you ask the question of the bully, if you talk to the bully, you find out that that person was bullied before. And that's you know probably why they do what they're doing at that time. And, and it's something that kids don't think about you know, because kids are kids. But it is an important thing to learn about people's backgrounds because it may really help you understand who they are and maybe why you're not getting along or something. Yes. And be more forgiving and compassionate. I mean, anybody in social work will tell you that um, a huge percentage of perpetrators of whatever were first victims of whatever. And we have this tremendous desire to label and we only want people to have one label. We do not want conflicting labels or confounding labels. But really, like 90% of the people are both victim and perpetrator. They're both curious and judgmental. They're both um, kind and mean. They're both relaxed and hurried. Like we contain multitudes. And we always are, we're constantly sweeping that away and giving people these big, bold labels, Republican, Democrat. You know, one of the most interesting things that happened in my social media feed on on Instagram, I asked, I put out this idea that like, I don't think there are that many people who are 100% conservative and 100% liberal. And I wanted to invite people to comment and say, what is a position that you have on an issue that is antithetical to the way that you typically vote. And I never got more comments on any post ever. I mean, I got close to a thousand people telling me, uh, I have a kid in the military, but I think that we should, but we're spending too much in the military. Mm. Or I'm a Catholic. I go to church every single day, but I'm also um, pro-gay marriage. Or I myself would never have an abortion, but I am pro-choice. On and on and on and on and on, which was just opening up the idea that we're not monoliths. We don't, we're not consistent across all factors of our lives. Like people can be fiscally conservative and socially liberal and vice versa. You know, like the, the, the deep need for us to quickly decide friend or foe is creating a lot of problems. And that goes away. The friend or foe thing dies as soon as you start asking questions. You can't, you can't be so wrong about a person once you start asking questions. 100%. Well, Kelly, uh, this book, Hello World, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. It's the, oh, the places you'll go for a new generation. Like, I, I think it's such a fantastic book. It's great for all ages, people shifting uh, moments in their lives, whether it's college graduation, going to school, whatever. It is such a great piece of work. I love it. I know you're on a strict schedule today with the promo tour, so I'm going to wrap this up. But uh, where can people go if they want to find out more information about you, Kelly? KellyCorrigan.com. Kelly, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time, and uh, I hope you enjoyed your short visit to Baltimore. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. 
Thanks to Kelly Corrigan for the inspiration today. Always a pleasure to hear her voice. Hello World is available wherever you get your books. I think it's great for people of all ages that may be starting a new job, new career, new school, whatever. It's a great reminder of what really makes the world go round. And thank you to all of you for listening to Be More Well this week. Don't forget to click that subscribe button. And until next week, be well.